How many are blessed already tonight? Already touched by the Lord. There's just such a beautiful spirit here and I think God is doing something so amazing. Hallelujah. Well, how many are ready for the word of God? I have to admit, I love being here on Wednesday with everybody, having our worship, and wow, this is so exciting, and so many of you came out today. So I just want to encourage you, if you have not started part of the fasting, I encourage you to jump on in. Listen, it's never too late. Um, I think we officially started Sunday, but I think most people started on Monday, which is probably smarter anyway. But, you know, even if it's just sweets or Coca-Cola, you don't have to be like John the Baptist and put on you know, animal skin inside out and eat locusts. Aren't you thankful for that? Uh, and, and eat the honey. I mean, that's the best part. But he looked forward to that honey. Like, oh, my gosh. I mean, who knows? Maybe locust is good, and it's probably full of protein. But not in my world, it's not. But anyway, I'm so glad you all came out tonight. How many are ready for a word from God? I tell you, since this fast started, I've been really asking the Lord to stir up my spirit and give a seasoned word to our body, and I don't believe it's just to our body. I believe this is what God is doing in the body of Jesus Christ because it is the, it is the season of the prophets and the apostles. It's the season of the prophetic sound to be heard in the churches, and God has given me a high responsibility to make sure that as a pastor, we stay with the word of God, and sometimes the word doesn't feel good, does it? Sometimes the word kind of hurts and it challenges us and it gets us out of our comfort zone. But I have to obey the Holy Spirit because God is calling the churches to the un, um, whatever word of God. I don't, I don't know what I want to use, but defiled word of God, amen. Just the true word of God. And so tonight my message is called Dry Bones Live. Dry Bones Live. And I believe this is a prophetic message for the church of Jesus Christ, but also for us individually and for our church. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to do it old school. I'm going to open. I brought my Bible tonight. Actually, thank Chad because Chad read all the way to my house because I forgot my Bible at home. And he's my hero. Give it up for Chad, everybody. It is a little warm, so if anybody else is warm, we can put that AC on. But if you're freezing, I apologize in advance. So Ezekiel chapter 37. So if you have your Bible, we will have it on the screen. But I highly encourage you to, if you can take notes tonight, take some notes. Um, if it's just in your phone or if you want to go back and just kind of listen with prophetic ears and go back and take notes, I highly encourage you to do that because I believe this is an assignment that God has for us as Christ followers. Amen. So we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 37, and we're just going to kind of break down scripture verse and see what God is saying in this um, story. And I have to tell you, I preached out of this chapter maybe once or twice in my Christian walk, and God gave me some fresh revelation in this and some insight that I didn't see before. So I'm really going to try my best to stay in teacher mode and not in exhortation mode so that we can really get through this, okay? So Ezekiel 37, we're going to look at verse 1. And it says this, God was visiting Ezekiel in a vision for what was about to come to pass. And it says this, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Now you can leave that verse up there and I'm going to break down some things. I believe that the season we are coming into of the church of Jesus Christ and in the world, we need the hand of the Lord to show up. 
And we cannot do what's about to happen in this world without the hand of the Lord. There's things we've had to maneuver in the flesh and we have to manufacture and we have to do. But we need that manifestation of God here on earth. Amen. And this hand of the Lord is where God's spirit came upon him and it requires God's intervention. So as I'm going to share this tonight, what's coming cannot be done by the hand of the flesh. We need God's intervention. That's like point A, amen. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to come in this season of the dry bones in our personal life and in the kingdom. So the hand of the Lord came upon him, he said, and he brought him out in the spirit and set him in the midst of the valley. Now I want to look at the valley because the valley is a place that is the plain. It's the river's bottom. And if you study the story, this is where the judgment had been pronounced. They were in exile for 10 years into Babylon captivity. And all of these bones represented the dead bones of the children of Israel. And the season that they were walking in, I believe we are in the church, is we are in the valley. There are times in the kingdom that we're on the mountaintops. And I know as a pastor, I want to pretend we're on the mountain all the time. But the truth is, right now, the season that we are living in in the kingdom, we are not on a mountaintop experience. We are living in this valley where it's the dry bones, where there's emptiness, where the spirit of the Lord doesn't seem to be present. Amen? And so where there previously was the presence of God, now all hope has been lost for the children of Israelites. And it goes on to say they were in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Now, that word bones represents to these children of Israel that they were um, in exile and they had given up hope. And this is huge because we may still come to church and love God, but I believe that most people have given up hope. We've given up that place where we're anticipating God to do something. That word hope means I'm expecting I'm anticipating, I'm yearning for eagerly, and God wants in this church for us to stir up the spirit of God on the inside of us. It's time to get our hope back, not by what we see, but what God is about to do. There's always a season of preparation. Listen, church, we are in preparation. And we are building line upon line and precept upon precept. We are not there yet, but we've got to get ready to be there. Because if we don't, we will miss the greatest moment that God wants to do here on earth. How many want to be a part of God doing something amazing? I guarantee you faith builders will be found right in the middle of it. Amen. And so there's an expectancy. And in this valley, they had lost all hope. There is no hope for redemption. There was no hope for restoration. There was dead dreams, dead desires, things that were spoken prophetically had no chance of ever coming back again. Can anybody relate to this season? It feels like everything's been gone. There's been too much time, so why believe again? There's been too many gut punches, and it seems like we're trying to get ahead one foot, and we go back six feet. And that's the time where we're in the valley of the dry bones, so what do we do? What do we do when we find ourselves in this hopeless situation that I believe the church is in today? Let's continue to go and find out what scripture says. In verse 2 it says, then he caused me to pass by them, the bones, all around. And behold, there were very many. This is so prophetic of the season of the world today. There are so many lost hopes in the valley of despair. 
It's a broken place, right? It was Israel's hopes, and it required a miracle to get out of the situation they were in. God wanted to rebuild the nation of Israel, but it was going to require a miracle. Listen, God wants to rebuild his church in this season because the, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it, but it's going to require a miracle for it to be the church that God's called it to be because we've lost hope, we've lost despair, and we've lost our way. So it says that there were very many in this valley, and it was in the open valley indeed. Now, when I looked up the open valley there in, in Scripture, I didn't think it was going to be as significant as it was. But here is Ezekiel walking in a vision amongst all these dead, dry bones. And there were very many, but it was an open valley. And that word open valley there means to face. It means your face is seeing what's in front of you. And it means to see the battle. It means there's fear there. It means they're on the edge. They're in anger. They're disgraced. Listen, these ill Israelites that died, they were unburied. So there was a disgrace in this valley. And what we have to do is face that. What are we facing? We're facing frustration. We're, we're facing anger. We're facing bitterness. We're facing these things that I don't want to look at what's here. I want to look at the glory of the mountain instead of face at what's in the valley. Because if I don't get real with what's in front of me, I'll never receive the anointing and the power of God to cause these dead bones to come alive on the inside of me. We can't pretend like we're okay. Because guess what? We're not okay. We're not seeing what God wants to see. We're not seeing churches being flooded with people and hungry for the things of God. We're not seeing people getting saved and born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not seeing a move of God. So the church better wake up and go, we better look at this valley and what is my part to play for these dry bones to come alive again. Because we have a part to play in this, amen. We have a part to play in this, but we've got to face it. So it was this open valley. Be willing to face the disgruntled areas of your life and quit putting them under the carpet. This year is not a year for the old to come with it. It's time for the old to go away and the brand new to come. God told Lot's wife, don't look back. There's nothing there for you. There's nothing that can bring you joy or memory. Let it go. I even heard a preacher today, he put on Twitter that, you know, a lot, Abraham carried the weight of Lot, but when he got rid of the weight of Lot, he began to hear from God again. It's time to let go of some things. It's time to let go of regrets and the past and the brokenness and the apathy and the things that are keeping us in this valley of hopelessness. Amen. We need God to awaken us and quicken us. So they were in the open valley, and indeed, they were very, very dry. Amen. Let's go and look at uh, verse 3. So what happened? And he said to me, son of man, this is God speaking to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? I feel like God's standing in front of all of us saying, can your bones live? Can you dream again? Can you have hope? Can you get excited about the kingdom again? Can you get on fire for worship and get excited by prayer? Can this happen? And here's Ezekiel, and I love this about Ezekiel. He says to God, he said, um, I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. And I love that about Ezekiel because Ezekiel got real. He's like, hey, listen, I'm looking at these valley of dry bones, and I can't see anything happening. 
I can't see the miracle. How is any life going to come back? Dreams going to come back. But God, one thing I know, you know. You know. So we may not see what God sees, and we may still see the dead dreams and the disappointments and the frustrations, but God is saying, can you see them alive again? I don't know, but God, you know. Thank you, God, you know. And that's where we connect our hope to. That's where we connect our faith to, is I may not see, but thank God I serve a God who sees. If you look at that, and he said, you know, he, Ezekiel had no hope in the bones, but he did have hope in his God. You may not have hope in the dead bones. We may not have hope for the church of Jesus Christ, but we have hope in God. He didn't presume to know, I love this, he didn't presume to know what God wanted to do with the bones. Man, this leaped out of my spirit as I was studying. He didn't try to tell God, well, God, I bet you're going to do this. Well, I bet you're going to, well, let's prophesy what I think God's going to do. He didn't presume to know. And I'm telling you, as navigating in this season that we're in, and in, I don't know how long into 2022, but we're going to have to navigate by blind faith. Don't presume what God's going to do. I don't know, God. We are all walking by faith. I don't know what's going to happen to the church, but God knows. I don't know when revival's going to break out, but God knows. So I'm quit presuming what needs to happen and say, God, you know, and by faith, I'm going to trust you that you're going to bring the dead things back to life. You're going to give me my joy back. You're going to stir up my dreams again. You're going to bring my family back to the kingdom of God. God, you know, but boy, they look dry and broken and I don't have a clue what you're about to do. He was confident that God did we have to put our trust back in God in this season. We don't know when the world's going to change, what it's going to look like, but God knows. And that's where we put our faith, amen? All right, let's keep going. So he said, God, you know. And verse 4, God said, and again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them. I want to stop there. The first thing we have to do for the dry bones to come alive is you've got to start prophesying the word of the Lord. You got to start speaking what God has to say. You got to start speaking out of your mouth the prophetic word of God. What do you want your family to look like? Prophesy to those dry bones. What do you want your walk with God to look like? Prophesy to those dry bones. What do we want our city to look like? I tell you, I'm prophesying every day. I'm prophesying what this church is going to be and what it's going to look like. We have to rise up and quit waiting for God to show up magically on the scene. And we've got to begin to use our mouth and declare the word of God. Say what God says, not what you see. Those dry bones will never come alive if we don't use our vocal cords and my mouth and my time and my discipline in crucifying my flesh if I don't use my voice. God said, prophesy to the dry bones. Woo, we have an opportunity during these 21 days to use our mouth to declare what God says. How many times can we, will we say things that come out of our mouth and it's so negative and it's so defeative and it's so broken and God's going, I don't hear you. Because I only hear my word. He's saying prophesy, amen. Hallelujah. God, Ezekiel left the matter with God in this moment. It's not what I see and it's not what I feel, but I will prophesy what you tell me to prophesy, God. So he said prophesy, amen. That's number one, prophesy. And he went on to say, um, and he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear 
the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Now, when you look at dry bones right there, dry bones means that whatever was living has been dead for a very long time. Dry bones isn't just so somebody who just passed away. Dry bones are things that have been lost for a long time. Those are the things God's talking about. There's dry bones that have been gone a long time from your life, and God wants to awaken those. There's a move of God in this nation or this world that has never seen for so many years. And it's time for those dry bones to arise. It's time for the church to be the church of Jesus Christ. It's time for us to be warriors. But we are constantly looking in the valley of dry bones. We'll never see what God sees. Amen. He said, prophesy and say, hear the word of the Lord. We have to hear. That word means discern the call of God. Discern the voice of God. What is God saying right now? Not what God said even a year ago. Not what God said 10 years ago. What is the voice of the Holy Spirit saying in this season for my life and for my family? What I used to get away with, God may say, no more. People I used to connect with, God would say, disconnect. You need your word from God in this season. He says, I give you ears to hear what my spirit has to say. Hear the call of God. Discern this, the call of God. Do you know that when God speaks, it makes a noise? God is making a noise in the spiritual realm. And are we listening? Or are we going through the mundane every day, relying on old things instead of hearing what God has to say right here, right now? The word of God was necessary to be spoken, even the word that doesn't feel good, the word that challenges you, the things that God says no to, and you're like, but I want to. Those new wineskins that God's putting on, I want you to fast. I want you to pray. I want you to get in the word of God. Listen, I am all flesh. I am in the same basket as you. My flesh is kicking in this season, but I said, no, God, I want to hear what you have to say. Put those new wineskins. I'll make myself uncomfortable. I'll make myself vulnerable. I'll die a little bit to my flesh because I want the outpouring of the new wine in my life, in this church, and in this city. But we've got to hear the word of God. And what does that mean? It's the supernatural power of God. God's word is supernatural. And when you see what God's word does to the bones, you need the word of God to speak life over the dead bones. But you have to prophesy and you have to speak and you have to hear what God has to say. My prayer has always been, Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say every day. And give me eyes to see what your spirit wants me to see. Why? Because I need God to do this miracle. Listen, bones could never create life within themselves. Your bones are never going to create life unless the word of God visits the bones. You could want it. You can desire it. But if you aren't declaring the word of God, the only thing that raises up dry bones is the word of God. And as he began, and we'll see here in a minute, he began to prophesy the word that God told him to speak. As the word of the Lord was proclaimed over them, they received God's promise of life. There is power in the word of God, amen. During this fast, I had my first dream, which I always ask the Lord to show me things during our fast. And my dream was last night, and we had a church double the size of this church. And it was packed. I mean, just packed with people. But what was so beautiful about it 
is that it was, as I was preaching, the only thing I was saying, I would go, and the word of God. And the church would go, and the word of God. And I went, well, that was kind of cool. I'm going to try it again. And the word of God. And the word of God. And I say, and the word of God. And the word of God. And the church went crazy. And I believe this church is be called to stand on the word of God. That we're not looking for flaky. We're not looking for any of that stuff. We want the solid word of God, which is what truth. And it's a sword. And it hurts. And it cuts. And it challenges us. And we don't like it. But God wants to build his church back on the word of God, which is not the sinking sand. Amen. It's the word of God. God wants to build his church on. So, okay, what do we say? Again, he said in verse 4, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. This is still what Ezekiel is simply telling or God's still telling Ezekiel to prophesy. Tell them now that I will bring breath into them. Listen, he said in that scripture, verse 5 again. Let's read it. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you. It hasn't happened yet. But he's saying, prophesy what I'm going to do. I will do it. I haven't done it yet. I'm about to do it. But you have to prophesy what I will do before I'll do it. It didn't just happen because Jesus showed up and said, God said, say this. No, he had to speak the word of God to the dry bones. He had to prophesy the word of God. Amen. Okay, where we, where we show up. Oh, so there's breath that God says, I will cause breath to come into those bones and they shall live. That word breath means to live again. It's the Ruach life of the spirit. There is a revisitation of the Holy Spirit coming to our lives. It's the breath of God. It means that we're living again. It means he's restoring us once again. The purpose of why we're here is because of the Ruach of God on the inside of us. How can I speak to dead bones when they're dead? I've got the spirit of God on the inside of me. I've got his joy. I've got his hope. I've got his peace and expectation within my spirit so I can receive the breath of God. Amen? That means it's an air in motion. And when I studied this, that Ruach of God starts gentle, this gentle breeze to a stormy wind. When the Ruach of God comes, it's a raging passion of God. Can you see the spirit of God coming in this season? There's a raging passion of God that is coming to this earth, and we need to be ready to receive what he has for us. And when that ruach comes, it means that he deals with man's spirit, and he deals with our soul. That means when the ruach comes, he gets in our disposition. How many need some disposition shifts? I won't look up. Don't raise your hand. He deals with our emotions. He deals with the qualities of our life. He gives our vigor back. He gives our stamina back. He gives us courage once again. Where the enemy wanted us to go into caves and hides, we need the breath of God to come back and to give us courage and boldness once again. Amen. And when that breath comes, he says, I'm going to give you life, which means you're going to recover. You're going to quicken. You're going to repair. And you're going to restore. Isn't that good? How many is ready for some recovery? And restoration and life. So let's keep going. Um, number, verse 7. So what did he do? If you look here, prior to verse 7, he was relying on God. He said, God, your will, your way. 
And God says, yeah, you're right. It is my way, but I'm going to require something of you, Ezekiel. So we as the church, yes, it's God's way. It's God's spirit, but he's asking something of us. He's requiring, and he says that to him. And so what happened? In verse 7, he stepped up. He said, you know what? I don't know if this is going to work. This seems like it's kind of in vain. I don't know if what God said is really true, but I'm going to step out by faith, and I'm going to trust that what God said he will do, he will do. It seemed impossible to Ezekiel. If we were to send you all to a grave, you're like, oh, no, God can do it. You go to the cemetery tonight, try to raise the dead from a skeleton, right? He had to have faith in God's power. He had to have faith in what God said, right? And so he said, go, and verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. Everybody say a noise. And suddenly there was a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. What do I want you to see here? When he began to prophesy, when he began to speak the word of the Lord and be obedient to God, there was a noise, and there was a rattling, and there was a coming together, but there was no breath yet. There was no empowering of the Holy Spirit. What was happening? They were awaiting the breath of God. And if you look at scripture, we try to get ahead and we want the breath of God without the process. This didn't happen the second he prophesied. There was a process, if you look in scripture, I just read it to you. There was a stirring of the bones first. Then there was the assembling of the bones. Then there was the sinew and the flesh came together. Then the skin was upon the tissues covering the bone. There was all this preparation taking place for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to fill the dry bones. Don't miss the process. You might get frustrated, you might get discouraged, but if you keep speaking, those bones are going to come together. There's going to be a sound in the spirit. There's going to be a motion in the spirit. I can tell you over this church since, Jan since uh, whenever it was, a few months back, I tell you there's been a stirring in the spirit. And I know the devil's mad. He's so mad. Why? Because I'm getting attacked like crazy. I'm getting attacked left and right, and I wake up every day, and I said, thank you, devil, for reminding me we are right where we need to be, right in the will of God. We're preaching exactly what God wants us to say, or the devil wouldn't give a rip about what we were doing or saying. But allow the process, amen. you got to await. I believe the church in this season needs to await the visitation of the Holy Spirit. We need a renewing breath of God to come into our lives, into our churches, and into our cities. So we just keep doing what we know to do, and it can be frustrating. But as long as we're doing what God says to do, he will flood us with the visitation of the Ruach breath of God. And I am so ready for it. Amen? So ready for it. So Ezekiel was praying the breath of the Spirit to come onto the slain so they may live. Amen. The valley was full of the revived, active bodies. So listen, we're coming to church. All the bodies are together, but we're missing the Ruach power of God. We're missing that power that is changing someone's life, changing this city, changing this world. 
We've got the satanic church setting up camp in Scottsdale, Arizona, trying to sneak undercover while we as the church, and not our church, but the church that has just been lulled. We've got to take our place back, amen? So you've got this body, but they were waiting for the breath, the work of the Holy Spirit. Now what I want you to see in this story is this, is that the Holy Spirit came upon the bones that received the word of God. The dry bones will be revived by those who say yes to God's word. Yes, I received that word. Yes, I'll put new wineskin. Doesn't mean people won't be blessed. Hear me by the Spirit. But I'm saying the revived bones came to those who took on the covering of the word of God. Receive the word in this season. Receive the direction of God. Receive what God's speaking to you in your quiet time, in your prayers. Whatever God's trying to align. I believe God's bringing alignment into lives and order into people's lives so that he can bless you. But we have to receive the word of God so that the Holy Spirit can come and he can do what he needs to do. Amen. So if you look at the two things that happened here in this story is God said this, prophesy to the bones. Prophesy to the bones. What is that? That's preaching. Prophesy to the bones. We have to declare the word of God. I'm doing that every Sunday. I'm prophesying to the dead bones of this city. I'm prophesying to what God wants to do. That's the preaching. The second part was, he said, prophesy to the four winds. What does that mean? He said, you need to pray. It's time for prayer. That's why every Wednesday night, we're going to come together. We're going to pray. Because you can't just have the preaching without the prayer. Preaching has its place, and you know the power of God's word. We preach it every Sunday. You know scripture, the power of God's word. Preaching has its place, but prayer achieves the results. We've got to get back to prayer in our homes, in our private time with our families. We've got to sacrifice our flesh and say, God, I'm going to pray your will. I'm going to pray the word of God. I'm going to take time and set it aside. I told you a few Sundays ago, I schedule God in my life because it gets really busy. We've got to insert God into our life, amen. Preaching and prayer equals miracles. But you can preach and preach and preach and never have a miracle because we need to pray it through. And then what happened? Those bones begin to live. So let's go back to scripture. We wind, wind it up tonight. Hallelujah. Verse uh, 9 says this, also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slains that they may live. So what did he do? So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, <clears throat> excuse me, and they lived, and they stood up on their feet, and they were an exceedingly great army. What happened? The breath of God, the power of God came to the already existing bones, and they stood up on their feet. It means they took their place. They took. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe we'll, I'll preach without it. Jesus did. I won't stop. We're almost done. We're rounding the corner. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So they became a great army. Amen. Their bones came together. They were exceedingly great army. Let me read that again. They prophesied. They stood up on their feet, and they became an exceedingly great army. But what I want you to see there in this is that they did not become a great army. 
They were not revived to become a group of spectators. They were not revived to go back to life as normal. They were not revived to live in their comfort zone. What's coming by the Spirit is going to cause us to get out of what we want and put ourselves smack into the will of God. It's this prayer of God, not my will, but your will be done. You want, you want me to come to church on Wednesday night? Yes, because we're going to take this territory for Jesus. You want me to fast and pray? Yes. Why? Because when God revives me, I'm doing everything. I'm going to obey the commander that brought me back to life. And that's what a great army will do. We will obey the one, we'll live under the orders of the one who gave me life once again, amen. We've got to stand up. We've got to be strong. We've got to be courageous in this time and allow God to work the work. Team, you can come on up. Work the work that God wants to do, amen. So let me give you my points because we went through it really quick. Didn't want to keep you too long. But number one is prophesy to the bones. Number two, hear the word of the Lord. Number three, put your doubt behind, just like Ezekiel did. He said, you know God, but I'll do what you told me to do. Put your doubts behind. And number four is we have to pray. We have to take time. That's why these next few days that we have as a church and a corporate fast, let's use it to do something amazing for God. Set your new next two Wednesday nights aside. Get here, amen. Get here so that we can do this assignment that God's called us to do. Because I'm telling you, it'll be one moment, a Sunday or a Wednesday, boom, there's something supernatural that's going to happen here on earth, and we want to be ready for it, amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet tonight. We're going to close with one last song. I'm actually going to invite you for it if you feel comfortable and would like to do that. We are going to uh, sell it, go out worshiping God, and pastors and elders are going to mingle through you and begin to pray, and we can slide this over too. And um, we're going to minister to you, and then we'll come back and close.